0: Welcome to the She's Been Called podcast, a bi-weekly show where purpose-fueled women come for banter and blueprints as they live out their calling. My name is Taryn.
1: And I'm Vivian. And we're on episode two. Yeah, heck yeah. We made it. You always got to get to the second one because it's like the official, 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 you know? We can call ourselves podcasters. Yes. Yes. We've done one. (laughs) (laughs)
0: So true. All right. So today we're spending a little bit of time sharing with you what it actually means to be called and what in fact is a calling. Can't wait for the discussion. But before we get there, we do have a few things first. So let's get started with Call Chronicles. For those of you just joining us, Call Chronicles is a podcast segment where we share what's going on with us, with Vivian and I, and talk about things that are impacting us or have impacted us
1: since we last connected. So let's dive in. Why don't you go first, Vivian? Yes. What has impacted me since we last connected? So it's been a rough week from one standpoint specifically, and it's because my first friend in the pandemic, my plant baby, Michelle is what I named her is going through a struggle right now. So, you know, the pandemic was a time that really kind of revealed how lonely life could be for those of us single living by ourselves and I decided to take on a new hobby which was being a plant mom and my prayer plant Michelle has so much personality and was a first friend that I brought home and I mean, she's so temperamental. Like we had one misstep in watering and she just has not come back the same sense. And I think that she is dying a slow death and it just speaks to my ability to keep her alive. But the reason I bring this one up is because it's a good reminder that life has its seasons. You know, life is also short. It's unpredictable. She was thriving. And now I don't know. I, I'm looking at her and I think she's given up the ghost and uh, I'm quite sad. When I want you to know it,
0: took me until this moment to realize you're fully talking about a plant. Okay. <laughs> yes. I thought that was a creative name. Be a plant mom. Like, what does that no, mean?
1: Okay, You're actually talking about a physical plant a that physical comes from the ground. You're in charge of keeping those things alive. They've got soil and they got, you know, and, and she has be a name. Michelle. Okay. Yes, Michelle. She's part of a, a foursome of plants called the Obamas in my home. And yeah, yeah. That cannot um, survive over here. You know, I don't keep plants alive and I would hate to kill the Obamas. That would just hurt myself. I know, I know. I can't (laughs) even say it. I'm not sure you're allowed to say that phrase, by the way. Uh, Like, like, please don't say that. Uproar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the big question is, do you replace Plant Michelle or do you say like it's almost sacrilegious to do so. What do you think?
0: <laughs> is there no such thing as a possible replacement? Do you just have to take that L and grieve accordingly? I don't know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but like if I get a new prayer plant, can I name that one Michelle? Like how does it work? No, I don't think so. But I think the fact that it's a prayer plant
0: is is pretty critical. Wait, so what yeah. do you do with this prayer? Okay. We're going to have to talk about that later.
1: I yes. don't, I've had a prayer closet, you know, prayer Bible, <laughs> but so, there's a, there's kind of, I don't know what the term is for plants, like a series of plants, a family of plants that one of their characteristics is they close up and open up, you know, a lot of times in, in kind of response to like time and sunlight. So my prayer plant, for instance, she kind of like her leaves like open up in the morning. And then like once we get to evening time, she sort of closes up her leaves like a prayer, like your palms close. Up. Oh. And when she's really thirsty, her she'll roll her. She'll actually roll the individual leaves shut. And so it's it's just like a really great reminder that like so many things on this earth have been given their own survival system yeah. and their own like communication system. And so that's how she communicates. Like if I turn on the AC, those leaves just shrivel all up close and I'd be like, calm down, Michelle. It's not that This cold. is but fascinating. And I'm yeah. not even being sarcastic. I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> this level of sophistication with this plant and the connection yeah. that you have, who would I, have ever? that? Is Yeah. And I, I sound lighthearted, but... I'm I'm broken a little bit by this. I'm sorry to hear that. So, do you have a a, a ceremony? How do you celebrate the life? What do yeah, you that's do? a Good question. I think I don't know. I haven't really thought this through. I'm still like in denial a little bit. But so, yeah, more to come. More to come on on how we say goodbye. But I feel like probably not a full on ceremony. Just a okay goodbye. So things that are happening in Vivian's life morning. <laughs> <Without> <laughs> what a life okay Taryn enough about me what about you you're called chronicle oh okay so this is our first week doing this I
0: feel I don't know what the heck I want to talk about it's like do I go super deep uh-uh. is what is the right approach okay Vivian says Mm-mm. so yes <laughs> a lot has happened over the last couple of weeks I think that what I will share today is this week I had a really good high, right? So I, in my company, I am a leader for a group called the Diversity Marketing Team and have been really, really actively involved, passionately involved. Uh, Our mission is to really just help Bring more people of color into the organization because we know when it comes to corporate, we tend to be (laughs) invisible and and not really have a strong presence. So we're trying to increase our numbers, trying to bring more inclusivity and a stronger culture that is more diverse. So I've been really active with this group for the last, you know, six, seven years and put in a lot of blood, sweat and tears. And yes. It's been my after, you know, five job, right? It's something that I have a lot of heart for. I built a lot of relationships there and it really has helped to cultivate a lot of my leadership as well. So long story short, I am no longer on the leadership team. I decided to step down to pursue other opportunities that. I think it's just better align with where I'm going longer term, but it's something that, you know, I haven't been at this company without being a part of DMT. So this week was my official step down. They had like a farewell thing for me that was incredibly touching. And just to hear, Everyone speak about the impact that I've had on them and then to read the card that they gave and so many really, really incredible messages. It's like, you know, you, it's nice to know that you're appreciated. It's nice to know Mm. that the hundreds of hours that you put into mentoring and sewing into people and trying to innovate new processes and approaches and ideas. And, you know, it's just nice to know that like people actually have felt that impact. So it was, it was good to be celebrated. I'm not always comfortable being celebrated or being acknowledged it's so weird uh how uncomfortable i am we gonna work through that but yeah so it was good so that was That's my awesome. i think one of the the peaks of of the week was just to to allow myself to be celebrated and to close out you know a really big chapter and uh an initiative that i put a lot of heart into poured a lot of
1: yeah and i've seen i've watched her actually pour into this group. Um We worked at the same company for some time and it is so good to see you exit that knowing that you've really left your imprint on it over the years and been a huge part of ultimately people's journeys as a result of that. So well done. I'm, I'm excited for you. And I think we don't, you're right. We don't celebrate enough Kind of tying things in a neat or like moving on from things. We we celebrate more the things we move on to, like right? All the new job, right? you know what I mean? It's like, oh, congrats yeah. on the new gig, but like, you know, well done on like all that you've been able to do. Um, Thank you, and and also finding the right time to decide that it's time to pour into something else. I think that that's like one of those pivotal moments in life that we should celebrate more. So I'm excited for you.
0: And being willing to walk away when something's ran its course, right? Like yeah. it was it was a very hard decision to make, but definitely one that I feel very confident that was the right one. But when you're in something and giving to something for so long, it becomes such a part of who you are. It's sometimes hard to walk away when that next chapter is really calling you. And this has kind of run, run its course. So yeah.
1: That's awesome. So speaking of well done, that's a perfect segue to our called Women of the Week. I get to do this one. So I'm super excited. So super excited that Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie has lo- released a new book. We have been Waiting on pins and needles. So, this segment, we really shout out a woman that we know has really lived into her calling and continues to defy the odds and do things that we think are, you know, incredible, whether or not, you know, they're on a mass scale or they're personal. It's really about shining a light on the things that women who are called or have are living into their calling or doing. Chimamanda has been doing this for some time. I would say that her calling and her gifts are twofold. She is a writer, but really, I would say she is more than that, a voice, and especially a voice for change, progression in the area of feminism, and propelling women into a better status or state in society. I'm especially proud of her because she's Nigerian. and, And so like green, white, green, you know, we gotta, we gotta love on each other. And she's incredible. You know, she speaks up in tough times. She's opened and paved the way for a lot of great dialogue around women's movement, especially in Nigeria, but really all over the world. She's really gifted society with a ton of great literature, amazing storytelling. Some of my favorite books are from her and, you know, I get to see myself in her work, but this week she released a special edition exclusive with Amazon, um, a new book, a short story called Zakora. I saw And Instagram. I have not read it yet, but I'm super excited already because I know she's touching on, you know, kind of the duality of cultures, you know, an African woman living in the US but one of the most important topics of our time that she's going to touch on in this book beyond self discovery is the space of black maternal mortality in the US and we i you know a lot of people don't know like that women uh, black women in the US are you know two times sometimes three times the mortality rate of um white women and definitely have mortality rates when it comes to maternal mortality that rival those of emerging and developing countries and that is in spite of so your economic status so whether you're rich or poor that actually isn't changing the number so much as you know being a black woman being pregnant kind of puts you on this very strange quote-unquote death list so I can't wait to read it super excited Chimamanda continues to do her thing and I just pray that she is you know around for a long time just kind of moving us forward on the topic of feminism and the topics of equality.
0: I love that she's the called woman of the week. She's one of my absolute faves. I love all her books. You know, I'm a book nerd and I'd say out of the hundreds of books I've read, maybe not hundreds, but... Several dozens. Americana is one of my all time favorites, and so is Half of a Yellow Sun. So I am an avid fan, a lover of. There's only two times that I've read a book that made me take off of work because I was so enthralled Mm, with the book. Wow. One was Coldest Winter Ever, and the other one was (laughs) Americana. I just was, yeah, it just hooked me in a real way. She has a ridiculous amount of talent. So, yes, I, I love to celebrate her.
1: Yeah, yeah. American has like uh, definitely- it's a classic. It's just yeah it's so good. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah. and she travels like an entire lifespan of, you know, of the of the characters in the book and you just you feel so close to them. So So moving on, we thought it would be great to spend some time today on this word calling. It's in the name of our podcast, She's Been Called. Um, and so obviously it has a lot of meaning for both of us. And so we'll start there. What does it mean to be called? What does a calling mean? We surveyed 40 women, all ages and walks of life, and we got a sense from them of what a calling means to them. So we wanted to share with you their answers first. We sound so formal. We surveyed forty women, all ages. Of I know. I hated so. <laughs> survey. You
0: changed it. We love a good survey. So, we're <laughs> right. So, just just being true to ourselves. So, yes, we reached out to several friends and family and really wanted to get a read for how they are de- defining a calling and how they think about being called. Right. So. We asked the questions, how do you define a calling? And we got answers like, well, it's having a desire in your heart that doesn't go away until it's fulfilled or doing the thing that you feel you're on this earth to do no matter what. Or another woman answered being pulled to something that is inherent to who you are and your own personal talents or not going through life robotically, right? Instead having an intention. And, you know, many
1: women felt that a calling is something that we all have within us. That's so good. And I wholeheartedly agree. Um, we also asked the question, what do you struggle with when it comes to your calling? And these are the kinds of things we heard. Confidence when it comes to my calling. Making the time and space to discover what my calling is and living into it. Learning how to say no to other things or other people so that I can say yes to myself when boundaries. it comes to my calling. Yes, <laughs> um, Owning my greatness and feeling like I have to play small so those around me Woo! feel secure. I know, it's a big one. Amen. Um, right. <laughs> keep it together. Um, discipline try. to keep going, to make stuff happen, to get started when it comes to my calling. And this idea of um, feeling stuck or overwhelmed. Finally, the struggle between growing wealth. And making impact when it comes to my calling. So I know a lot of
0: people. I hate that people think that it's like a either one. Though I, I really yeah. am looking forward to in this podcast, really shedding light on the fact that there is a strong intersection of how to make a lot of money and be wealthy and still make a tremendous impact. It's
1: it, it's not yeah. a trade off. So I, I think you know you're getting a preview of all the things that we're going to touch on. But those are real feelings when it comes to a calling. So what is a calling? You know, for me personally, it's. To me, it's a real innate feeling that you can't shake off. It's it's inside of you. It's birthed in you. It's an awareness that... I'm here to do a particular thing, impact a specific space, achieve a very specific thing. And, and I think the big thing to me is that everyone has a calling. So in essence, every single woman has been called. So when we say she's been called, we're talking to the women who have acknowledged their calling, who have become aware of what their calling is, and are being intentional about living into it in whatever way, shape, or form that takes.
0: And those are the women that we're really looking to connect with right in this podcast. So really, really looking forward to that. I I would say that when I think about a calling, I think about your reason for being essentially, right. It's the thing that you were created to do. I think about my calling as my life's mission. So even if you're not a fellow believer though, your calling is essentially the same. It's, it's how you're going to use your gifts to impact the world and to help people like Vivian said, how are you going to make an impact? Essentially, it's your purpose, right? So that's how I think about a calling is my purpose. And although I'm a little hesitant to use the word purpose because it's incredibly overused in the last couple of decades, the reason why it's overused is because so many people are yearning for purpose, right? They're learning, yearning for meaning in their life. So whether you call it a calling, a purpose or life mission, it's really what you are here to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Why is it important to acknowledge this thing called a calling? I think it's, it's about leaving your imprint, like we talked about on the world. And how do you defy this rat race that's been defined for you? And instead walk in your own lane, you know, focus on the things that progress you. And as a result, they consequently progress the world forward. I don't think a calling has to feel like a big movement, right? Like, oh, I'm here to change the world, the way you approach it. Um, it can feel like you're a smaller part of a larger tapestry. And that doesn't matter. It's really, you know, when I do this thing, it feels right. And it's what I have conviction I should be doing in this world. And that's the right thing for you. And ultimately, it will have the right domino effect on the world around you. Yeah, I think when you think about why it's important
0: to know your calling or to respond to your calling, it kind of relates to what I was saying earlier as well. Like a lot of people feel empty, right? And you need a reason for being. What, What is all this for? So I think that, you know, when you operate in your calling, it gives you a sense of meaning and fulfillment that otherwise can leave a void right in the absence of that. Yeah, and it's yeah. like what what am I here for if there isn't one bigger objective or bigger bigger mission. Totally,
1: totally. I hear you. Huh, this this feels like heavy and like still hard to like really grasp, you know, but Maybe it helps to talk about what a calling is not. Sometimes that's a good way to understand something. So to me, I'd start by saying that a calling is not hustling. It's not about like turning everything that you touch into a monetized item. It's not always tied to financial gain, although it can be and and you don't have to sacrifice financial gain. And I'll also say that a calling is not always tied to happiness, right? Like there's some easier routes in life that will make you happy. And sometimes leaning into the thing that you feel like is the right thing for you is actually pushing against the grains of society, pushing against the grains of what people think you should be doing. A lot of times it doesn't make sense to other people. And so you may not be happy. You might be stretched. You might be strained in doing it but you will feel led to do it. I think one of the misconceptions is that
0: a calling is a climactic moment, right? You have an epiphany and all of a sudden it's super clear what your calling is and that you just spend your whole life living out your days fulfilling that. I think that it's oftentimes discovering your calling and living it and realizing your calling is a lifelong journey, right? It's, it's ever evolving.
1: And, and that idea of it being ever evolving is so exciting, you know, like it's going to morph. It's going to kind of transform into the situations that you step into, but it's about being in tune with it. So you know what you always bring into a room. The other thing that a calling is not is it's not someone deciding for you. When you hear the word calling, innately you think about maybe being pushed or pulled somewhere. Um, but I think it's really about being pulled from within and less about being pulled by someone else. And so, I wanted attach calling this idea of like someone has decided something for you. And you'll find when you start to like address your calling and live into it, that it actually feels like stepping into your own lane and living out your life in a way that's really tied to what you are meant to be. It's not, it couldn't be more true to itself, to yourself if you tried. So definitely want to help like break away that myth that a calling kind of feels like you have no choice around it.
0: And that's one of the most lingering question I think a lot of women have is, well, how do I know what my calling is? Or how do I know that I'm living in my calling? I think one of the things that you said, Vivian, that is so true, no matter what is things will start to fall into place. It will feel very natural to you. There are elements that will be very uncomfortable for you, right? Because you're out of your your comfort zone and you're pushing yourself to heights that you may not be fully confident that you're ready for, but it will feel very natural, right? Again, your gifts will naturally align with the opportunities presenting themselves. And so I think that one of the aspects of a calling is that it is a bit of a natural fit, who you are and what your gifts are and it will reveal itself over, over time. And I think, you know, one of the misconceptions that bothers me a lot, probably the most is that a lot of women Believe that a calling is only for the best and the brightest, right? There's an elite group that's been called to do something. And as we said at the top of the episode, everyone has been called, right? So it's not for the best and the brightest. It's, it, it's not for an elite group. It really is all of us have unique gifts and all of us are here to make an impact and, and, and do something, right? To leave our mark. And so I want to make sure that that's super clear because it's, it's within all all of us. Right. And that's one of the things that we want to encourage and inspire and empower with this podcast is you may not be super clear on what your calling is. You may not be super confident about stepping into it, even if you are aware, you know, and, and the journey may have challenges, but just understanding how fulfilling it is and how necessary it is for you to, be true to that. And for you to have the confidence to, to persevere and the strength to persevere, that's one of the things that we're hoping we can help with along the yeah,
1: way. Yeah. So let's address the elephant in the room. Is a calling really just a religious thing or for religious people? I don't think that you have to be religious at all. Uh, I think you just have to be
0: somebody who has a purpose beyond themselves who wants to do good beyond themselves who isn't self-serving and and wants their life to have meaning doesn't want to live in vain right I, i don't think you have to be religious at all
1: yeah i like to frame it like you know religion whether it's christianity or not is where this idea of a calling is framed but that doesn't mean it's only for the religious you know and i think christianity has has taken the time to define it probably the best but like realistically, we all have gifts. We all have something that we are bringing to this earth. We all have a reason for being, and I think we're all meant to live into it. So whether or not you attribute that reason for being to God, it still is. It's still very real for you. And we are firm believers that if you live into it, you will actually be living your best life and that best life definition is very different for each person. And it's not tied to all the like material things that we, we tend to talk about, but it will be your best. You will feel energized by it. You will feel like you're, you're being intentional with your life and it will feel like you're leaving an imprint on this world. So that's, that's my take on it. I agree. Agree, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of the day, why are we here? We're here because there are women who are a bit intentional about living their life in the direction of their calling. Women who have actually really raised their hands to say like, I know this thing or I feel this thing somehow and I really want to make it happen. I really want to live in such a way that I'm like pouring into this gift and using it. And one of the reasons why we thought it was important to have this is that realization and that journey can be so isolating because you're, you're choosing what's right for you and you can feel like other people aren't in the same place or that there's a lot of struggles where you're alone doing this. And so that's a big part of why we're here and why we thought She's Been Called would be a great podcast and community to start.
0: Yeah. And I would say even beyond living a life that can feel isolating, when you're living a, a called life, it can also be very overwhelming right? Because you're ambitious as hell. Right. So when you're called, you have vision, you have ambition, you are pursuing things in life. And that can just really feel like a lot at times, right? Like you're carrying the entire weight of the world on your shoulder. And sometimes you just want to fall back and be a little more average, or as I say, a little more mediocre, but you know that you're meant to do great things. So I think that it can also be overwhelming. It can be confusing. How do you make decisions? How do you pivot? What's right for you? Really trying to be true to yourself while dealing with the influences of the world around you.
1: So I'm looking forward to us unpacking that as well. So let's make it tangible. What is your calling? And how have you how have you lived into it? Okay. What is my calling <laughs> itself, so right? Right. I,
0: I think that, you know, Trying to say it beautifully and succinctly is a little challenging, but I'll try. So in short, I would say that my calling, my personal calling, right, as Taryn, is to motivate, inspire, and empower people to realize their potential and achieve success and fulfillment. I think that my calling is essentially me helping others to live their calling, quite honestly, and live their best life. As their absolute best self, I tend to really bring out the best in people and really partner with them to realize their potential, open doors for them, you know, help them to actually see what their vision is, what their goals are. I think that I've just always been, as we talked about last episode, always been somebody who's very encouraging, very connected, uplifting. And so that essentially is, is my calling. But I think that that's more for the world, right? Generally where I have gifts is in vision and planning and strategy and realizing and executing, right? So I help a lot of people do that. But I, I was also thinking about my calling from the perspective of my immediate family, because I do feel that, you know, given where I'm from, given being the oldest of four kids, grandkids, being the first to go to college, the first to do a lot of things in my family, I also feel that my calling is to change the trajectory of wealth for my family. The moves that I'm making and the things that I'm doing to build wealth is really so my family can have options, opportunity and indulgence instead of struggle, stress, and settling. So I'm trying to break a lot of generational curses, trying to really put us on a different path as a family and create opportunity where we have not had it in the past. So in that regard, my calling is to be a trailblazer and to create a new path for my family and the generations
1: that come behind me. Wow. That's, that's big. Does that feel like a burden or does it feel energizing when you say something like that? It depends on the day. It's a big deal. Completely depends
0: on the day. (laughs) (laughs) I think that most days, honestly, not even seriously, most days I feel honored. Most Mm -hmm. days I feel like if not me, then who? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that I am a really, really strong leader. And there are moments where I'm frustrated. Like, you know, my, you know, my uncle just recently passed away and immediately it was what well, Taryn's going to plan the funeral i never planned a funeral before in my life don't know what the heck i'm doing i'm making all the arrangements the the legal stuff the technical stuff <laughs> but it was it, it was expected that i would be the one to hold the family down emotionally as well there was a lot that is usually put on me during trying times but i okay. I feel like I'm uniquely built for it, you know, as I, I, I handle stress. Well, I deal with chaos. Well, so I just think that we are wired in a certain way that makes us better equipped to leave certain situations. So, yeah, I would say most days it's, it's, it's cool. And at this point, you know, I'm 37. I've, Grown to accept it. It's It's been my life since I was like four, but there are days where it feels very overwhelming because I'm not always the oldest. It's like, damn, can I have somebody to look to? Can I have somebody to help me as well? But I think that, you know, generally I've come to
1: accept that this is this is my cost. That's that's powerful. That's amazing. I am one. It's people should know this. Like I am the queen of asking questions that I cannot answer myself. So let me try. Um, What is my calling? I, I would say simply it's to uplift really around uplifting others. And it looks it looks different in different facets of life. So I love how you kind of showed the trifecta of like personally, professionally, you know, kind of how it looks different because it's same for me. I feel that I'm really led to bring light into other people's life in the form of being an energizer, in the form of being someone that shows up as a guiding light, in the form of being someone that cares. And a lot of time that's at a cost to my strength and my energy, but whether it's like my siblings, my parents, my friends, like it's really about you know making sure That there isn't a sense of isolation. There's an a sense of like togetherness there, and like they feel connected to someone that's pushing them forward, wishing them the best, and like in this with them, as well as someone who brings like a sense of levity, you know, at the right time. So it's like really about bringing a smile to their face and and some caring. Another way that I live in to uplift others is I feel especially called to impact. The, the status and the state of girls and women around the world. Firm believer that if you strip away religion and politics and race at the bottom of the barrel in every community in this world is a girl in terms of her rights, her voice, her opportunity, her progress. And, you know, I feel especially led and for some reason, especially passionate and equipped to speak out about this and to shine a light on this and to uplift, you know, the girl around the world. So whether it's like addressing like sex trafficking or like child marriage or, you know, young black girls confidence in, in, in the U.S. and like kind of teen angst and what that does to women and girls and, and impacts their trajectory moving forward. It, it shows up in many shapes and forms, but I know that I cannot stay silent when I see it. And I I feel very pushed to stand in the gap. And then ultimately, the way that Uplift comes across from a career perspective is I feel very called to become a very powerful cultural influencer of change through storytelling and driving the messages of businesses and just kind of using the power of the large kind of influences of the world to drive visionary level, level change around the world. And so... Simply said, it's uplift others. If you break it down, it's, you know, bring joy and light, champion girls, and tell stories that drive change. So that's how I would define my calling. I love that. That's beautiful, Vivian. I feel, you know, one of the
0: things that we definitely have in common is the the mindset and the mantra of to whom much is given, much is expected, right? So yeah. I think that in that regard, while both of our callings very much so relate to helping people, uplifting people, empowering other people, right? Like advancing people, mm-hmm. it although it can sometimes feel heavy generally it's like having so many blessings and so much opportunity if not me then who like why not right so that sounds really positive and sounds really optimistic and I'm not always in that place trust me (laughs) sometimes you're very over it (laughs) I got confidence but I do think you know having perspective is really helpful right because Mm -hmm. if you're called to it then you have what you need to get through it so
1: yeah I can't wait to talk to someone who like, I'd love to, I'm excited about the people we're going to bring on the podcast because other people are going to have different spaces. Like we happen to be in the same space of uplifting (laughs) and serving. And there's going to be people where their calling is really just to lead a creative life. And it's more about inspiring, you know, by example, there's going to be people who are called to teaching, like actually spending time progressing individuals forward in in that very specific way, you know, and, and, and so on and so forth. And so like, I can't wait to see the, the tapestry and the diversity of callings as we get to know, people on this podcast too.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I think there's such a wide range and that's one of the things that it is our objective, right, is to let people understand how many options there are and and there is no one size fits all. As you said, Vivian, we just happen to be in similar spaces, but you'll also realize that we're just basically saying we're here to help and uplift. It's not a tall order, right? As far as how we bring that to life, there are a thousand and one ways in which we can manifest that or realize that calling. But at the root of it is just having a passion and unique gifts that effectively do that, right? So yeah. yes, there are a thousand and one ways to live into your calling, whether it's you being creative, whether it's you being a comedian and making people laugh and feel lighter about life, right? right? There's Thank so for them. many ways, <laughs> right? Being a brilliant chef that allows people to experience, right? Like, just epic experiences with yeah. food and and calling it yeah. art. So yeah. A creative a caregiver. You know,
1: so, like the super moms. I don't I hate that term actually, but you know, moms who've brought a lot of creativity to the table in the way that they they Mother. raise children. The they yeah. yeah. And how that has inspired like a generation of young moms. Or even recently, we've seen like an unleashing to like be authentic about motherhood. And so even the authentic mom, like those kinds of things, I can't wait to talk about because we don't talk enough about how like one person's experience is kind of like propelling the whole world forward. Yeah. So, so that, that is what it means to be called guys. You know, that's what we have for you today when it comes to breaking down calling. And now it's time to close out our episode with our glow up segment. Before we jump to glow up, what I would just say
0: is we didn't give this disclaimer. This is Vivian and Taryn's definition of what it means to be called right what a calling is we did not give you a Webster dictionary definition we you know we're just simply articulating what it is to us so you guys have the right vibe the right context for what this podcast is all about and just how we think but yeah there there is no universal truth as far as what a calling is we're just not and telling you what it means to us so
1: yeah good call Taryn so glow up we ready Okay, so guys, our glow up segment is where we share the things that are going to grow, stretch or challenge you as defined by Vivian and Taryn. So what's growing, stretching and challenging us and things we think that you should tap into. So my glow up for the week is really inspired by a show I recently watched on Netflix. So I spent the last couple of days watching Netflix's Queen's Gambit, which is a series, a short mini series that was phenomenally done. Lots to say about the production and like kind of the creativity and the storytelling and the acting. But really, I'll, I'll, I'll hone in on what it was about. It's a story about chess and this young girl who takes on playing chess and makes it like her life's work and kind of like where she leaves a mark. And it's so fascinating. They pay such homage to this game and the intellectual capacity that it takes to you know play chess and like all the logic and thinking and training and i was enamored with this idea of like what are my intellectual hobbies and am i nurturing intellectual hobbies enough and so my glow up is to challenge us to hold on to intellectual hobbies, find an intellectual hobby. So what kinds of hobbies are we talking about? Things like chess, reading, I don't know, active debates with friends, doing puzzles, learning a new language, <laughs> thinking about logic. I used to take logic in college, but these are all things that when we pause to do them, they bring you joy. You can get lost in them. They grow your brain. They grow your capacity. And, you know, they're, they're just a different way of using your brain than your day to day. And, I am super excited. I'm actually going to try to learn chess, but I'll say that my number one intellectual hobby is reading. Reading opens the world up to me. I learned so much about so many other walks of life because of reading and the stories that I've read. And it, it helps drive empathy for others because I am learning about their walks of life. And so my glow up challenge to you is to find and hold on to dearly an intellectual hobby. I love that. Yeah, my intellectual hobby is actually reading as well I think we're both book nerds
0: so you mentioned Queen's Gambit to me a minute ago and I was like let me just check this out and when I was first watching I was like oh this is a Vivian show this is not I'm like I'm not what does that even mean I just knew a damn one wasn't a Darren show, right? I was right. right. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's I, too serious. You know, it just, it, it, it didn't quite feel like something that I would be able to, to connect to. And then shame on me for being way too quick to judge because within 15, 20 minutes, I was like, oh yeah, this is definitely, first of all, her entire personality is, is so good. Yes, cool. <laughs> so good. I'm so vibe with that. Like she's just really amazing. Straight to Honestly, the point. no holds <laughs> barred, like in her own truth, no shits to give, like at all. I love it. So, if you have not seen Queens Gambit, check it out. Yes, please yes. Do. As as Vivian said, on another level, you know, make sure that you stay astute by tuning into intellectual hobbies. That sounds great. Keep us sharp, Vivian. Keep us sharp. So, my glow up is a relationship resource that has really changed the game for Will and I, my fiance. It is the Gottman Institute. I'm sure very few have heard about it, but we were exposed to probably about a year ago. And the Gottman Institute was actually started by two psychologists that have been studying relationships for decades, I think like four decades. They, It's Dr. John and Julie Gottman. They're clinical psychologists, and they've conducted research really looking into all facets of our relationship, including parenting. Uh, they've developed different approaches that help to support and repair troubled marriages, committed relationships, but then also like strengthen happy ones, right? So you don't have to be challenged or struggling in your relationship to have a lot of value, to get a lot of value out of the Gottman Institute. So the Gottman Institute created what's called the Gottman Method. And they really have identified those behaviors that are really sabotaging your relationship, largely centered around communication. They have this framework called the four horsemen. Like, are you stonewalling? Are you not responding to your partner? Are you being overly critical? Are you not accepting uh, feedback? And so they just really give you effective communication tools to help you to be happier and have a healthier relationship. Uh, Again, they talk a lot to parents, a lot to couples and It's just been phenomenal for us. We have gone all in. We bought the books. They have different cards and different, you know, like fun games that you can have for game night, especially in this pandemic environment where you're stuck in the house, give you different ideas for questions you can ask one another to better understand one another, um, ways that you can engage in different conversations and kind of spark different dialogue, explore different parts of yourself. Even if you've been together for decades, you can learn new things about your partner. So Strongly recommend the Gottman Institute, aka the Gottman Method. They also have a podcast that I love. It's four minutes, it's bite sized. It's called Small Things Often. And it's really on the premise that a healthy relationship is built by doing, you know, small intentional actions, right? Like how you love on your partner, how you speak to your partner, how you show appreciation, small little incremental things that are done throughout the day that can either positively deposit into your relationship and build love and connection. Or small things that you can do that could actually be tearing apart and, you know, eroding the fabric and the foundation of your relationship over time. So Small Things Often is their podcast. It's really awesome. They also have a newsletter called The Marriage Minute. I think it comes out every week. It gives you, again, just very bite-sized. It's not even like 300 words. Very bite-sized, actionable things that you can do to strengthen your relationship. So highly recommended. It has truly been game-changing for Will and I. We would not be as strong as we are today without it, any any relationship you have, parent, child, friends, romantic, parenting, etc. It's going to help because it really just helps you to more effectively communicate and become a lot more self-aware so that you know we can have greater success. So check it out. It's Gottman.com. I would love to know what you think about it if you get a chance to listen and dig into them.
1: So love that you acknowledge, you know, different types of relationships that people have and that they need to nurture. And I hope people are creative in the, in the relationships they think about when they listen to the Gottman Method. So I'm super excited. I'll definitely be checking that out. Yeah. So, all right, fam, that's our show. Thank you so much for tuning into the second episode of the She's Been Called podcast. Before we go, just a reminder to subscribe to the podcast and show some love by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. And make sure you follow us on Instagram at She's Been
0: Called Podcast. All right. That wraps it up for this week. See y'all later.
1: Bye, guys.